I have to tell you something. I've been so excited about this. I actually know a man called Wagga from Wagga Wagga. You know a man called Wagga? Wagga from Wagga Wagga. That wasn't his nickname either, Wagga Smythe. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Pending Approval Podcast, a talk show highlighting the ups, the downs and the complete headfuck moments of the business world. We have a skew on advertising. I'm your host for the show, Glenda Wynyard, and producer G's here with me again. How do we feel? I feel great. Oh my gosh, I went running back to the office, G. So quick, it wasn't funny. Mm, I feel like you and I are the two people that have been there exclusively. Actually, Beck's been there as well, which has been good. Yeah. I'm going out to dinner tonight. Oh my gosh. Wearing a dress for the first time in months, potentially, you know, over a year, because who wore a dress in lockdown? I never wear a dress anyway. I'm always in my trousers. Should try it, you know, might like it. But I was really excited. We got up to about 10 people in the office the other day and I had to double check to make sure we were within the COVID restrictions. (laughs) I was so excited that they were there. I know it's so nice to be able to actually see people again, you know, like actually have physical connection. It's like, I feel like I've been deprived for months now. I know. Now I don't know how to act around people. I, I feel like I want to run up and embrace them, but I can't. You can't be hugging. That's not very COVID safe, is it? It's definitely not, is it? <laughs> definitely not COVID safe at all. All right, all right. Surprise us all today. Who is on the podcast with us? Well, gee, I am so excited. You know how I get excited when we get guests on board, but we're talking about my two favorite topics ever, media and research. Oh, well, it's going to be grand then, isn't it? Oh, look, you stop it. Look, joining us in the studio, according to lockdown restrictions, of course, is Jennifer Hand from Southern Cross Stereo. Welcome to Pending Approval, Jen. Thank you for having me, ladies. It's nice to be with you. I know. Even though we're remote, Jen, you're in Wagga Wagga. Yes, I am. I have to tell you something. I've been so excited about this. I actually know a man called Wagga from Wagga Wagga. You know, a man called Wagga. Wagga from Wagga Wagga. That wasn't his nickname either, Wagga Smythe. (laughs) He was some of my parents' best friends growing up on the Gold Coast. And he was actually from Wagga Wagga. It's a wild fact, but I always come up with these random things. Okay. Every now and again. Now, Jen, we always start the show by getting our guests to give listeners a bit of a backgrounder. Now, what's your bio? I've worked in media and marketing for 20 plus years now, sad to say. 30 plus years is what I'm I'm counting down. I'll be heading up to 40 soon. <laughs> oh, dear. So, look, I'm not originally from Wagga. I'm originally from Wollongong and went to uni there and then started out working in marketing, then moved across into media. So, I spent the bulk of my career in television. So, regional television, sales, sales management, and then more recently moved more into the operational side of the business. So I've been in Wagga about 12 years now and working with SCA. So yeah, being the general manager of the station out here, we have TV and radio. And yeah, it's just yeah me sort of overseeing the entire running of the business and it's a great place to be. It's a really interesting place to live and it's changed a lot since I moved here. I really enjoy it actually. And I think it's fantastic because you're also the president of the Wagga Wagga Business Chamber. So tell me a little bit about that role because that gives you some fantastic insight into business within that regional market in particular. Look, we have about 250 members and that's made up of 
SMEs, but also larger business as well. So we do cater for all levels of business. Our main focus is about education and training. So we have regular lunch and learn sessions with our clients so that we're keeping them up to date with all of the relevant information so that they're well-equipped to run their business. Also connection. So we do a lot of networking events so that businesses who typically might be sole traders have people to bounce their ideas off so that they're not just sitting in their business all alone without any sort of, um, yeah, it really is about that connection side of things so that they're not alone and they've been able to share ideas and whatnot. We also do a lot of advocacy for local business. So we're an alliance member with Business New South Wales. And so we lean in a lot in that space in terms of assisting businesses with really any sort of advocacy that they need. So we can put them in touch with lawyers and HR experts and whatnot so that, yeah, we just create a really safe eco space for them so that they're not alone. That's great. So you really are that support network for businesses. Yeah, because there's so many different types of businesses. And I mean, we're lucky in the type of business that we work in that um, we've got that support network. But, you know, if you're just a mum and dad business, you know, you really do need that place to turn to be able to understand the next steps and get some support and get some shared information so that people know what to do and where to go. Now, Jen, for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to be defining the regional Australia as anywhere outside of Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth, so the five cap cities. Now, what percentage of Australia's population live in those areas? It's about 36%, anywhere from 36 to 40% of people live in regional Australia. So, it's a huge proportion of the Australian population lives in regional Australia. So it equates to about 9.1 million people. So it certainly is a huge amount of diverse people right across Australia. And Jen, what I always try to point out to our clients is that that volume of people is absolutely massive, 9.1 million people, as you've said. And while the population growth in 2019 20 and 2020 slowed in most capital cities. What people don't realise is that growth in regional areas increased, plus there were fewer regional people migrating back into the city. So, you know, people just don't actually understand how strong those markets actually are. Yeah, look, 100%. And we really have seen a boom in the last couple of years. You know, the three things that we would immediately attribute that to would be flexibility. I mean, we've been through two massive lockdowns in New South Wales alone in the past two years. People now know that they can work remotely. They don't have to be in an office and people are doing that. They're doing it more and more. So having that hybrid workspace is ever-growing and extremely popular, which allows people to then, you know, move away from the metro city so that they can come to regional Australia where, you know, they can sell their their unit in Sydney or Melbourne and move to the country and they are then afforded so much space and the ability to live without a mortgage and yeah so it's just the quality of life is just so different out here. 
I heard about a dispersed workplace, which is what they're calling it now. So rather than having everyone in the office, having you know 40 to 60% of the team in the office and then having those different areas as hubs. So, you know, teams working out of regional Australia, teams working out of, you know, coastal areas, but actually it's just dispersing your workplace, which means that you can lower your overheads, but actually you're also giving people back their lives, you know, like they're able to live in these places and not have a mortgage and, you know, feel free to, I don't know, have a couple of horses or, you know, whatever they want. Well, that's right. And if you live in a Sydney or Melbourne, say, then the commute time can be up to a couple of hours each way. Yeah, exactly. You know, and having the flexibility to work from home not only gives you more time to be able to invest in your role, which then allows you to have more freedom at the end of the day or however you want to structure it. It's just a win-win, really. Mm, I agree. I agree. Another part of the boom is the fact that, you know, we're seeing people travel domestically. So, again, because international borders have been shut down, people are really looking in their own backyard to move around and explore and and uncover things that they might never have even considered would be worthy of their time or their holiday. So that's been something that has really boosted the regional areas as well because people, they're, they're travelling there. So that's been great too. And I think people are just actively wanting to support local at this point. They know how hard things have been and the community want to support each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've definitely seen that, especially in people talking out in the community and even like a community Facebook page that I follow. I live in Zetland and there's the community Zetland page and everyone's saying, you know, like support the local Japanese place, don't go to Macca's and all that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, it's, it's nice to see that that level of community expanding out into different areas as well. And we're seeing yeah. all the research that we do as well. So lots of support for local charities, local community, you know, very much a focus on Australia and Mm. not sending it offshore. Which is actually a really great segue into my next question. We saw really extreme weather conditions. So the four-year drought, extreme bushfires and then flooding. And, you know, now we've experienced the pandemic. So for regional Australia specifically, people and businesses over the past couple of years, what's it really been like? It's been tough. I mean, there's no hiding from it. Yeah, it was just sort of one hit after another. We had, I know I can speak to our area specifically. Yeah, you're right. We had drought that was ongoing for years. And then we were hit by the biggest bushfire that this region had ever seen. It would completely decimated towns around us. And then obviously we rolled straight into the pandemic. So it was tough. It was really hard. But country people are stoic people. You know, they're resilient. Farmers know that rain follows drought. You know, it takes time, but it does all come, it's a cycle. So, yeah, look, you know, the farmers this year are experiencing a bumper season and they're looking to have the best harvest that they've had in years and years. The one thing that they need is people. (laughs) So to make sure that they can really make the most of it, they need people to be out here and helping them. But when the farmers are having a good year, the money is around and then it flows through the community. So that's what we're experiencing at the moment. People are bouncing back and there's loads of new businesses opening here in town and uh, we're seeing that same sort of trend right across regional Australia. So, yeah, it's it's a positive time and I think people are ready to get back out and experience what we've got to offer. So the demands are there, which is great. I think what's going to be great for New South Wales farmers and regional markets too is that we will get those migrant travels back mm. 
shortly and the work is coming through from the islands and things. So I'm really excited about that for them. Jen, what about the impact on media consumption patterns? What's changed over the past two years for regional Australia? More than ever, people are taking more of a targeted approach. So we're noticing that our advertisers are being quite specific in what they're doing. So they're minimising that wastage and really drilling down to the different markets because we can have different messages into every different market that we represent. And then that can lead into different tactics and whatnot that we can provide for the clients. So look, it's really cost effective to advertise in regional Australia. But the amount of people that you can reach and the diverse type of people that we can offer you, it's a really great place to put your money. So yeah, there's a lot happening out here, which is good. Now, Jen, I was really bitterly disappointed in the newspaper industry particularly last year when they started to close many of the regional and community newspapers. I felt like COVID was the excuse rather than the reason that they uh, or a necessity for them to actually have to do that. Did that happen much amongst media owners? Look, it did, but Honestly, it was happening for years prior to COVID. I don't. I really don't believe that there was any synergy there. Newspapers were on the decline for many years, moving online. So, yeah, that was always sort of happening in the background. It's a costly exercise to run a local newspaper, and it's the same with local news anywhere, actually, in regional Australia. You have to have people on the ground. It's certainly not, it's not a money-making exercise. It never has been. So without any sort of true government support, it's been really difficult for publishers and local newsrooms and whatnot to survive because you have the necessity of having four to six full-time roles to fulfil that local bulletin or that, you know, the local newspaper. It's just not sustainable. So those newspapers were on the decline for years. And do you think there's been an impact on the community without those local newspapers in place? I think so. I mean, in terms of our region here, we still have our local papers. They weren't they weren't affected. So ACM certainly have presence in this market and the the neighbouring markets. So they're all still viable, which is good. But yeah, look, I think if they were to close down completely, it absolutely does diminish the voice of regional journalism and stories that would never be told otherwise. So yeah, it's a challenge, but I think everyone coming together in that space has really changed the dynamic. So I know that there's been some government funding afforded to all of the regional news outlets in the past couple of years. So that's been helpful too. Such a strange changing world that we live in. You know, who would have thought that 10, 15 years ago that you'd have newspapers shutting down? Even six years ago, it was still such a big thing for people to go out and get the paper and... It's really changed the dynamic of how people are taking on media. One of our young analysts has written a paper this week, literally it's been released, on cinema and the impact of all of these streaming services now is actually having on cinema and the how quick the adoption rate has been for streaming services. It's really interesting and as to what's going to happen there with like Disney releasing movies at the same time as going to cinema on their streaming platform. So yeah, really, really interesting how all that is evolving so quickly. Well, I think people don't go to the cinema now for the movie. They go for the experience. That's totally right. You go for the buttered popcorn and the large soft drink and the big chair. That's all you really go for. That's right. You know, and it's a luxury for most families because 
it's incredibly expensive to take your family to go to the movies. I mean, I have three children and by the time, you know, I just take my kids to the movies, it's over $100. So it's out of reach for a lot of people, especially when you've got your streaming services at home and you can just sit and and do it all from home. So it's about the outing. It's It's about the experience for sure. Yeah, twelve dollars a month versus a hundred dollars minimum for two hours, essentially. It's yeah, that's right. Ridiculous. And it is, you know, that it's that experience, but it's almost a luxury now, you know, if mm. you go out and and do that. It's sad. I think it is very sad that that's changing, especially from a creative standpoint. Like I love it's my favorite part of going to the movies is seeing the ads and you know what with the 90 second pieces but it's it's not going to survive it doesn't feel like with what's happening with streaming either yeah it is sad but jean on to more positive things sca along with a lot of regional media owners invested a massive amount of money into establishing a research project into regional australia and it's called Boomtown. It's about getting businesses to rethink about regional Australia. Can you tell us a bit about this research? So Boomtown is a collaboration between the regional radio networks, the TV networks, as well as print and online publications, and also out-of-home media solutions. So it was set up to be able to educate media buyers and also major clients out of the metro markets about regional Australia. So As I said before, the market itself is 9.1 million people, so it's huge. And it really is regional Australia's fastest growing and largest market. So when you couple that with the cost effectiveness of being able to purchase that market alone, it's really powerful. So, And Boomtown itself just really illustrates all of the benefits and gives people an understanding as to how you go about buying it, why you buy it, and just being that support service really for media buyers, agencies, and the big clients out of the metro world. And do you believe that it's worked? Like, do you believe that, because when was it first published? It was first published two years ago. About two years ago, a bit over two years ago. And has it worked for you? Have you seen an increase in attention being paid out of media agencies and out of clients into the regional markets? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've seen an uptake, especially, you know, I can just talk about television, for example. You know, in the past 12 to 18 months, there's been a whole swathe of advertisers who've never utilised regional Australia before and it's really created demand because what it's done is you know if there's been a particular category where one advertiser's jumped in and I'll use real estate as an example realestate.com jumped into regional Australia and they were the only online real estate company that was advertising in the market and then obviously because they were getting such a huge share of voice and great results that's then spurred on other advertisers to jump on board. So domain.com, for example, gotten on to regional Australia and, and now, you know, they're seeing those great results, which is great, which is excellent. It is really interesting because it's such an uncluttered market too. Because you haven't got the competitiveness of what's going on in the metro market, I find it's much cleaner market. Yeah, look, I guess there's two ways to look at that, Glenda. The first would be, yeah, absolutely. There's not that huge demand when you look at the categories. And like I said, with realestate.com, it allowed them to come in, have that huge share of voice so that they were able to make inroads really, really quickly. But then on the other side, there's there's also the fact that 
when you're looking at regional markets, our networks offer an uncluttered market as well. So as compared to a metro where, you know, the number of radio stations that you would need to consider in a media buy, the list is long. When you're looking at regional Australia, you typically have a handful of players. So in a market like Wagga, SCA offer Hit and Triple M, and we are the only commercial radio stations in town. So we can give you 70% of the audience, so 60,000 listeners a week. So we're offering that platform where we can speak directly to the consumer, which offers the, the client an untold amount of value. So, yeah, I would sort of see that really as two-pronged when you talk about uncluttered. Yeah. And I think it's a great opportunity as well for advertisers to kind of get in and really own a space. So something like a takeover or, you know, an event or something that happens within these regional areas, I can see, especially radio being a really great driver as a channel for those spaces. Yeah, 100%. And the radio stations are entrenched in these communities. People know them, they love them, they trust them. So when you're having commercial messages come from these people, from our announcers and whatnot, it's really valued. So it's a really good way to get engagement from the local community. I couldn't agree more with you. I just think the value of community and the value of regional Australia is just so great. You think about it, you know, they're really, how much of the population? So about 40% of the population. And in the past, it's only been about 10% of media budgets that have actually been spent in those markets. It's just incredible that advertisers don't actually think more about those markets. But I do believe that sometimes they get overwhelmed because they look at the landscape geographically and they think about how large the coverage areas are geographically. And I don't think they actually really think about it properly about what they can achieve in those markets. Do you know what I mean? Like they're looking yeah. at the individual areas rather than actually looking at some of the work you can do at an aggregate level as well. You're spot on. And I guess it comes back to education, not only of the value of the markets, but just what that market looks like. So, you know, I'm sure that there's, well, I know that there'd be lots of young media buyers in the metro markets that have never even set foot out of Sydney, let alone come to Wagga. I was just about to say, meet <laughs> you, the, the yeah. people that I know in these media agencies would have never even heard mm. of regional areas or yeah. foot in Wagga or anything like that. Mm. So, yeah, you're 100% right. Not only do they not know where we are geographically, but then they don't have an understanding as the type of town we are and how diverse the businesses are and how cosmopolitan we've become. And yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it is really difficult for them to understand if they've never set foot out here. So, so just on that point, tell us a few things that might surprise people. The diversity of business out here, the fact that we're not all on farms, we're not farmers, we're, you know, we're so much more than that. Yes, there is that element. But I mean, it's a really cosmopolitan place now, a lot of these major regional centres. So, you know, there's lots of great businesses, big business that's here as well. So talking decentralised government departments have moved out here, which has brought massive people moving to the regions. Um, there's also huge amounts of investment from government, talking state and federal government into the local regions again, which brings jobs, again, which brings money being spent in the community. And because 
of the lower cost in housing, people are able to live here with their metro salary. So they're then able to have a much higher disposable income to be able to travel, buy things retail-wise and and whatnot. So I think people would be really surprised to understand the sorts of people that live out here. Oh, my gosh. Do they have those skinny soy latte? Yes. Carbon-free? I don't know. I give up sometimes with some of the coffees that our team organise. But, you know, like this is it, isn't it? Like I come from a really small town. There is only... 765 people where I'm from. And so I look at it and I just think they just have no idea, do they, as to how diverse some of these townships and rural and regional or even some of the remote areas actually are. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of the initiative Buy From The Bush. That's been enormous. So when the first lockdown through COVID, there's been a real push to support businesses in regional Australia And now there's a huge platform on socials and online where small businesses can jump on and promote their goods and services in one place and it's thriving. So I think the time of having to be in a metro market or be in a big city where, you know, you've got a huge amount of population there that you can service, it's gone because... You can buy anything you want online. You can operate from wherever you are. You can live and work remotely and still have all of the perks of big city life, but out in the country. Yeah, it goes back to that dispersed workplace, right? I I got the salary. You can do whatever you want wherever. That's right. Yeah. And we're seeing that in the housing market here. I mean, it's just gone bonkers, really, in the past 12 months. There's very little supply and huge demand. So people are making that tree change. And because you've got people that are moving towards these regional areas, do you find that the tone of voice from a creative perspective should be reminiscent of Metro or, you know, how do you think that it should change based on these locations? Look, I do think that the message should be different. Mm -hmm should be tweaked a little bit because, you know, we're, we're not that metro market and advertisers have the opportunity to be hyper-local. So when you're delivering that message, you can speak to the communities here, which is fantastic. So, and, you know, our announcers are local people. They live here. The kids go to school here. They're known and trusted. So when an advertiser is utilising our local stations to convey their message, it's trusted. It's just a completely different type of engagement that you get as compared to something that you would see in a metro market, for example. It's it's a very different message. Yeah. And I really like that idea of that engagement and that true level of connection, especially because Mm -hmm. you are using those local talent to really that you're cutting through a lot of that other messages. So is there an ad that you've had recently come across your desk that you feel like does that really well? A brand or, you know, you mentioned real estate before, but is is there in particular that really pulls out that real sense of connection? Well, look, I think one thing I can speak to would be, you know, when we talk about real estate in a regional market, Real estate agents can develop their own persona on air. So they can come in and voice their own commercials and whatnot. So it's like they're building their own personal brand, which is really powerful. So uh, I guess that's one thing that we have available to us 
in a local market that is completely different to a metro offering is that the local franchisee of Harvey Norman, for example, can come in here and voice his commercial and still have the power of the Harvey Norman brand, but people get to know who that person is. There's someone in the community that supports local sporting clubs and other charitable organisations and whatnot. So having the ability to come in and have that connection really with the audience is something that's really powerful that we utilise all the time. Mm. And and it just really pushes and out the reach and the power of mm. the brain too, doesn't it? So yeah, and it personalises it because people know that person. They know, you know, their kids go to school together. So they once they hear their voice, they're known and trusted. So that not only extends from our team, so our announcers, but then, yeah, the clients as well. See, I think Bing Lee have always used radio very well and I believe that they mm. they personalise radio. So, you know, they're a great example on a national scale. You know, it's, yeah. it's fabulous that some of these brands that never do it in metro markets are able to actually do that in a regional market. Yeah, we have Bing Lee on here as well. So, yeah. And look, the impact, obviously, that you can make from a, a media return on investment in these markets is enormous as well. What's the difference, do you believe, the outside, you know, we've talked a lot around the local and the connection and the fact that it's a cheaper market to buy into at times. And I don't want to cheapen the value of regional media. I really don't. I, I just think that there's other returns on investment that you can actually get at scale as well when you're actually advertising in these markets. Have you got any tips for advertisers? In terms of getting your product or service known to the community, I mean, we do so many activations with our radio brands that allow people to experience different brands on the ground, which is fantastic. So any sort of local promotion and whatnot that we can do that gives our listeners and the people of the community a different experience of that brand. So whether it be sampling or whether it be giveaways, that's something that has a direct result really, really quickly. So that's always something great to look at. That's brilliant. Jen, you have been so interesting to talk to and it's such a great experience to hear you talk about your market and I feel like you're so passionate about these regional areas. So it's so nice to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining Pending Approval. Thanks, ladies. It's been lovely. Oh, no, it's been really great. Look, I could talk to you all day and Boomtown is such a valuable piece of research. I just want to say I use it. So I love it and it actually has helped me sell in regional Australia to advertisers. So you've got one agency that's actually taken <laughs> notice at least, which is a, which I think is a really good, you know, it's a good thing. It's a great piece of research. And I think you're updating it, aren't you, at the moment? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always something that we're looking to add to. And I mean, any sort of up-to-date information is so valuable when you're talking to clients and whatnot. So yeah. There's actually an online session next week that anyone can jump on and be part of that's a bit of an education piece as well. So I think that's on next Tuesday. I'm sure G-Dubs could talk to you all day about this research, but you don't want to be on here with us. I'm sure you're very busy. 
If any of our listeners want to get in touch with Jennifer Hand from SCA, we'll put her contact details in the pending approval bio. Or if you want to touch base with Glenda, you can get in contact with our very own RT. We'll put his link in our bio as well. So again, thank you so much, Jen, for being a part of the podcast today. It's great to have you. And for everyone else, we will see you next week. Ciao, everybody. Be safe out there. 